Hi, this is Revel, and you are listening to Rockin' Radio. For timeline clarity, the show was recorded and uploaded in May 2009. My guest today is a licensed acupuncturist and author of The Live Food Factor, Susan Shank. Welcome, Susan. Great to be here. Oh, it's my pleasure. Uh, you've got this great book out, The Live Food Factor. We'll be talking about that in a minute. But let, let's find out a little bit about you. Uh, who are you? What have you done? What are you doing? How did you get to even talking about living foods? Well, I became a raw foodist in 2002, and it was the best kept secret. So I just had to share the secret with everybody right, by writing this book. And the book sort of evolved and became a comprehensive guide. But what I noticed was that nobody else had, like, all the scientific stuff put together to really convince the hardest skeptics. So that's what my mission was to do, was to have everything in there that, you know, I got 66 scientific studies proving the superiority of a raw food diet. Many of those studies prove that cooked food is toxic. Others show that the raw food diet is just the absolute best way to to reverse disease or prevent disease. And why did you become raw? Well, I had a debate with somebody on the Internet, and uh, I thought I knew everything about nutrition because I had used nutrition to heal myself of an eating disorder back in the 70s and 80s when nobody knew, you know, nobody even knew what an eating disorder was, and I thought I was the only person in the world that had one. And, you know, it didn't really hit the media until Karen Carpenter died, the pop singer Karen Carpenter. So when I finally... I took all these psychology classes and everything thinking that I was going to find the right way to heal my mind when nothing really happened until I moved to Mexico, got rid of all the, you know, the trigger foods were no longer there. The process, back then, Mexico didn't have all the processed foods or sugary foods that we have here. And all of a sudden, the eating disorder went away, especially when I started taking bee pollen, brewer's yeast, and different, you know, superfoods. So that's that's when I really thought that I knew everything about nutrition, um, and here I found somebody that seemed to know something that I didn't know, so thought I'd give it a try. And After a week or two, I was totally convinced. Did you go like 100% raw and um, never look back, or have you gone off and on, off and on, like many of us? Um, I would say that I go off and on between 90 and 100%. Like I'll go 95% raw, 100% raw for a year, and then I'll flip and eat something, and then I'll say, okay, I'll be 95% raw. Have, you know, potatoes or a, um, popcorn. Those are my two weaknesses once a week. But now it's like, my, you know, in my 40s I could get away with that. But now that I'm in my 50s, if I eat something really decadent like a baked potato or some popcorn, I wake up the next morning and I look 10 years older. My eyes are inflamed and I just look really, really bad. I can tell much more acutely what that food is doing to me. So now if I eat something that's not raw, it, it would be something like steamed squash, you know, something much more innocuous. Uh, that's funny. When you when you hear somebody say really decadent, a baked potato or popcorn, <laughs> oh, please. <laughs> oh, it is when you're 100% raw, though, you will feel just awful all the acrylamides in the in those cooked carbs you know it's really you don't you don't notice it until you're really cleaned out yeah 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, for me, for me, it's the um, starches like baked potatoes, any kind of potatoes. Yeah, the cooked starches are the only thing that you really can't find a raw food substitute for is, is a cooked starch. That's why I, I think it's really not that bad to have a steamed squash or a steamed uh, pumpkin once in a while. That's If you have to have a cooked starch, that would be much less toxic than popcorn or a baked potato. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so you got to creating this book because, um, you, you know, and that, that's a major thing because there are a lot of people who do question that and say, where's the scientific proof? And you've got it in the live food mm-hmm. factor. Yep, I absolutely do. I mean, this. my dad was an MD, so I had to write something that could convince not only him but other MDs because I really got tired of the whole MD stance is, oh, where are the studies? Yeah. <laughs> and it's always in a really condescending tone, you know. Where's the proof? So I thought, okay, I'm going to show them. <laughs> and you, you did a lot, a lot of research. How long did it take you to do the book? Um, it took me four years to do the first edition and then another two to do the second edition. Ooh. Did you mm-hmm. think it would never end? Yes, yes. And my editor got... We got really impatient, and I said, "Wait, we can't, we can't go to the press yet. We've got another study coming out." You know, <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say they don't ever stop, do they? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you were one of the very few who talked about bacteria, bacteria and viruses the way I do. Mm-hmm. And people, people just don't get that. You know that. Um, I say, you know, it's not the food that's the, pro- you know, it's, it's your toxic environment that's the problem that's bringing in the bugs. The bugs didn't come first. Right. And people don't get that. They go, no, 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 it's the bugs. And I'm like, you know, that's so old-fashioned thinking. Yeah, you know, the, the, um, the organic way of producing crops, you don't even need a pesticide because the, the crops have their own natural pesticide. So you put all these pesticides on there and... And, you know, everybody's afraid of bacteria. Oh, we've got to irradiate the food and all that. When actually, uh, it's, it's not that bacteria is bad. We've lived for, with bacteria for millions of years. How do you think all these animals in the wild are surviving? They're eating bacteria all the time. The problem is we need to get our good bacteria up by eating more raw foods, by, by eating cultured fermented foods like raw sauerkraut, you know, raw kombucha, that kind of thing. Um, so it's not the bacteria that's bad. It's the imbalance and the fact that we've killed all our good bacteria with antibiotics. Yeah, and we also, you know, because I've started a garden here because of, uh, well, because I, it was fun. <laughs> and I was concerned about bugs eating my plants, and somebody told me, she says, no, don't, don't use anything on them at all. Just make your yard bird-friendly. And huh. so we've done that. We have uh, lots of birds. We've got like three bird feeders up, hummingbird feeder. And I have had absolutely, this year, not one problem with bugs at wow. all or anything chewing on my plants or anything that. I mean, there's times you look in the garden, there's a half dozen birds in there. Mm-hmm. And um, I, th- I think I think that really makes a major difference because I was told I don't know if you've heard this that even using something like a uh, 
Oh, like um, like soap, dishwater, and water, and rinsing off your leaves. That will kill the good bugs as well as the bad, and so it's not really doing your garden any good. Yeah, you did. the whole key is just to be in harmony with nature. We don't need pesticides. Is that in harmony with nature? <laughs> no. No, it's not, and you don't you don't need to really wash. You know, bring the birds and in, in, into your yard and let them take care of the work. Susan, you have a chapter in here. Do drugs work? And what wh- what is that about? Wh- where did that come from? Okay, Doctor Vitrano, she was uh, Herbert Shelton's protege, and she wrote that chapter. Um, she had a natural hygiene, fasting, and raw food healing clinic for over fifty years. So and every kind of doctor degree you can possibly imagine. Um, she wrote that to help, help us break the paradigm about the usage of drugs. Um, drugs, what they do is they're very toxic. If you don't believe me, look in the PDF, the physician's desk reference. They've got tons of toxins, uh, all kinds of side effects. And what they do is they stop the body's natural healing process. And they suppress the symptoms. The symptoms are actually your body's detox process. So what they do is they suppress the symptoms, give you temporary relief, but they actually drive the toxins and add more toxins deeper into the tissues and organs. So later on, you end up getting disease. So all these people that are taking all these cold medicines, sure, they're, they're relieving some of the symptoms and they can continue to go to work instead of lying in bed. But what happens is over the years, they're they're suppressing their body's natural detox, you know, detoxing from all the cooked foods and everything, and they're much more likely to get a disease at a younger age than somebody who doesn't do that kind of thing. Well, also, Susan, isn't it true that, uh, like, when you have pain, like a migraine or something like that, it's also a warning system in your body, and when you use a drug, it's like going into a burning building and turning off the alarm and thinking that's all you have to do. Exactly, yeah. Any, any kind of headache or any kind of symptom at all is, is always your body's trying to um, get rid of the toxins. So when you suppress that, it's, it's very dangerous, yeah. And you're also, like you said, you know, the headache could be a sign that you've got a brain tumor or something like that. So um, it's your body trying to tell you something. And you've got to listen to your body, not take drugs. Drugs are going to give you also more symptoms, and a lot of times the side effects and the other symptoms they give you are worse than the original symptoms. You know, people who take a lot of, um, of um, for example, a lot of uh, antidepressants, a lot of times they get really, really constipated and plugged up, and, you know, it would be so much better to just listen to your body and find out what's, you know, what it is that you're eating that's making you depressed. A lot of people get depressed because they drink too much coffee or eat too much sugar. So you've got to listen to your body. And if you have to take something for, you know, temporary relief, I would take an herb or a supplement rather than than take a drug. Absolutely. Okay, we'll be back with Susan Schenk of uh, Live Food Factor in just a moment. Um, her website is livefoodfactor.com, but we've got some specials going, which we will talk about at the end of the program. So hold on. 
guys. Revel, welcome back to Rockin' Radio. Please check out my newest site, letstalkraw.com, where your questions will be asked of our guests. We got a full lineup through July 2009 as of this episode. With a small one-time lifetime fee, you can participate in all the interviews by emailing your questions and receive my e-booklet, Let's Talk Raw, an unbaker's dozen of my favorite recipes. And check out the rest of my websites, revelations.com, and that's with two V's and two L's, where you can sign up for weekly revelations. When you do, you'll receive my latest ebook, find out about my teleclasses or my books, Revolutionize Your Life in 30 Days, a self-empowering playbook, and Smoothies and Smoothies for Life, and also books I recommend from Amazon and more, where I will be speaking as well, which will be the Raw Spirit Festival in uh, June on Sunday, 10 a.m. is what I understand. And, of course, Raw Spirit Festival will be held this year in three different locations in uh, 2009. So go to rawspirit.com to find out when and where. As I said, this time I'll be speaking in Santa Barbara on Sunday at 10 a.m. on the main stage. And remember to surrender to the blender for optimum health. Uh, my guest today is Susan Shank, and she's written this, this amazing book called The Live Food Factor. And as far as I'm concerned, this is a book that belongs right up there with Diet for a New America and the China Study, as far as being packed with information within its 660 pages. That's a lot. I mean, that's like two or three or four of the books you already have on your shelf. And this is the scientific stuff that everybody's asking you for, like, you know, you get these people who are just uh, constantly going, oh, yeah, well, where are the studies? There they are, right in this book, The Live Food Factor. And we've got a special going on. And uh, if you go to rockinradio.com, you'll see where you can get $5 off plus a whole bunch of bonuses. Okay, Susan, welcome back. And... um you Great to be here, Rebel. <laughs> <laughs> I'll give you a chance to talk here. Um, you mentioned in your book the life force energy. Very few people talk about that. Could you give us a little bit about that? Because it's, it's so important in what you eat because if your food is dead, what Yeah, the, in Chinese medicine, we call that chi. In, in India, they call it prana. And just about every culture has some kind of name for that. But the life force energy, yeah, when you cook the food, it's dead. It has, it has no life. And the, the physical uh, counterpart for that in food might be, might be uh, the enzymes. So anytime you heat the food above 118, you destroy all the enzymes. Your pancreas has to crank out so much food, I mean so much digestive enzymes to compensate for the food energy, the food enzymes that are destroyed that um, if you eat three cooked meals a day, it's equal to doing eight hours of physical labor. That's how exhausted you feel from, from all the digestive energy that goes on. So if we're eating dead food, how are we still alive? You know, we, we are barely alive <laughs> compared to our potential. But we do have, the pancreas is, is a marvelous organ, and it can, you know, compensate to some degree, but... Edward Howell, Dr. Edward Howell, who spent his life researching enzymes, he found that the more cooked food that you eat, the more you use up your pancreas' enzyme potential, and the sooner you die. So somebody who eats more and more cooked food is going to die sooner. So even if you eat 50% raw, you're going to live longer than you would if you ate 90% raw, I mean 90% cooked which is what a lot of Americans nowadays do. Um, well, we all know people who have lived long, long, long and drunk 
lots of liquor and smoked mm-hmm. cigarettes and stuff like think, that. Think how much longer they would have lived if they had eaten the, you know, done a healthy life. I mean, some people do have a stronger constitution, but if you look at nature, the animals in the wild live seven times their mature their maturity rate. Since we mature as humans at the age of 20, we should live 20 times 7, which is 140 years. That's thought to be our, our potential lifespan. Yet, how long do we live? Maybe 70, maybe 80. If somebody lives to be 90, we consider that person really old. Yeah, and they usually act a, a look and act it usually, not always. Yeah, yeah the whole key is you, you want to live long, but you also want your life, you want to be healthy during those years. And we have the potential with raw foods, and also if you combine raw foods with calorie restriction, those two, wow, that is really powerful. Then you have the potential to live to be well over 100, but also be really, really healthy and die not of some disease, but just die peacefully in your sleep. Oh, wouldn't that be gorgeous? Mm-hmm. Yeah, my mother died at 94, and people say, well, she lived a good long life. Well, she lived a long life. Mm-hmm. But there's a difference between a long life and a healthy, good long, good life because she died of malnutrition and uh, dehydration, mm. which means she was obviously not eating uh, raw fruits and vegetables and plants, um, plant-based diet mm-hmm. and uh, made a major difference. And, you know, I see, I see it in myself. And so let's talk about um, friendly bacteria. Now, I know we have – there's oh, no, you know what I want to talk about here? Uh, I'm looking at your book and <laughs> going through mm-hmm. the things. How to stay raw in a cooked world. This is really tough for a lot of people, mm-hmm. who, especially if they're just beginning. Oh, yeah. The, well, I would say for, for people, keep inspiring yourself. Keep reading. This is, you know, I wrote this book primarily to myself. <laughs> mm-hmm. I wrote it to keep myself inspired. That's how I get myself inspired to do something by reading and writing. Now, most people aren't going to write a book, but you can keep reading every day. Read some raw food book, even if it's just one chapter a day from a book. If you don't have money to keep buying books, go on the internet and, and just keep printing out more and more pages, testimonials. There's so many raw food websites, but keep yourself inspired. Also, go to support, get support from different, in the back of my book, I've got all these different raw chat groups. Keep yourself inspired by communicating with other raw foodists, if not local, then on the, online. Um, you know, it's really important when you go to a potluck, take a raw dish and eat before you go. If you're going to a cooked food, sad potluck, standard American diet, sad, um, then you've got to eat before you go. Otherwise, let's face it, you're going to be tempted to eat the cooked food. Eat before you go. Take a little trail mix in your purse or in your, you know, knapsack or whatever you, you know, take it with you in case you, you get tempted to eat there. And um, and be sure to take the recipe for the raw food dish because everybody's going to want it because raw food always tastes so much better than cooked food. Um, when you first transition... Make a lot of the raw gourmet recipes. Take a little time. I was never, my idea of cooking before I went raw was to go to Costco, get some frozen lasagna, and stick it in the microwave. That was the extent of cooking for me. But I wanted, I was so determined to go raw that I went out and got the Vitamix. I went out and got the food processor and the dehydrator. And I went out and got the un, uncooked recipe books. And I made the my favorite dishes. I made them raw. I made raw lasagna. I made raw meatloaf. Um, I made raw soups, raw cakes, raw cookies, raw ice cream, raw pizza. I made all these during the transition period so that I wouldn't be tempted. And you know what? The raw versions tasted so much better than the cooked versions. 
as long as I was making the raw food, I was not tempted to eat the cooked food. Not. And, and I would keep myself so inspired. Most people, if you're not going to keep yourself inspired by reading and, and so forth, I would say go 100% raw because then the cooked food temptation is going to be gone completely in two months. You'll be able to snub your nose at cooked food and you won't even be tempted. You won't even, your mouth won't even water at tempt food. You won't even salivate uh, with the cooked food. Um, but if you're not if you're not going to keep yourself inspired by reading and writing and all that, then yeah, you really need to go 100% raw to get rid of the temptation. Otherwise, you can still have a little bit of cooked food because you know that you're gonna you're really committed to being 100% raw. I mean, not a, I mean 95% raw or 90% or whatever. Yeah, I found for myself that if I'm not 100%, I'll use that as an excuse to eat. Stuff that I know doesn't doesn't uh, get oh. like, you know, well. If you have that, if you if your if your mind is going to play the tricks like that yeah. on you, then you probably are better off going 100 percent raw. Because I've been 100 percent raw uh, two years out of the last seven years, and I can tell you that uh, I did it two not two consecutive years, but two different times, and. I can tell you there's no temptation whatsoever. Don't you find that when you're 100%? Yeah, yeah. if you're 100% raw, you can just say, I don't eat that. That's not, that's not my food. It's, um, it's fake food. It's, yeah, it's fake food. Yeah. There you go. Fake, fake, fake. Yeah, and you don't even salivate you <laughs> no. know, to the food. You don't, it's like you can be right beside your, you can be right in front of a, a pizza that smells wonderful, and you can say, oh, that smells so good, but you're not salivating. You appreciate the smell of the baked cookies or the baked bread, mm-hmm. but you don't feel tempted. That's the way I even feel now, even though I'm like 95% raw. I, I, I just don't get really tempted, you know, yeah. because I've been at this so, for so many years. Right. I mean, seven years. It's really, um, it's part of me. It's, it's who I am. Um, I've internalized it so much. Now, what, what is a day of eating? Because I know you've been doing it a while now, so you're probably not eating the lasagnas and all the other stuff. No, like no, I'm past that that stage. You know, I, it's like, yeah, it's it was fun to go through that stage, and some people only last that transition stage for six months or even three months. For me, it lasted years because you know it was just food. You know, having come from an eating disorder background, food has always been important to me. But when I started marketing my book, I mean, it's like, okay, I don't have time for this anymore. Let's just do the, the raw fast food dishes. So now I do like the nori rolls, um, you know, take some seed pate and wrap it around a nori roll. Or I do um, uh, kelp noodles, which are really, really fast. Mm-hmm. And smoothies. You know, I spend about five minutes a day in the kitchen. That's it. I spend less now than I did as a, as a cooked foodist. Yeah. It's amazing, you know, when you, I mean, who can, no great chef can, te- can possibly top the taste of, of an apple or a cucumber. When, you're, when your taste buds are cleaned out, nature tastes best. You know, when, once you get rid of your addiction to MSG <laughs> and table salt and all that, nothing can top nature's natural taste. And on that note, we'll be right back. Don't go away. Hi, this is Revel, and welcome back to the segment of Rockin' Radio sponsored by PhotoBoothLosAngeles.com, the premier photo booth rental company in Southern California. 
If you know of or are holding an upcoming event, please consider having Photo Booth Los Angeles as part of the festivities. They're available for weddings, graduations, corporate events, reunions, anniversaries, bar mitzvahs, bat mitzvahs, and more. This segment is also brought to you by PopsProductions.com, where you can find webinars on web servers, Web 2.0, social media, links to great money-saving online resources, and more. Find out their latest, find out about their latest online classes to improve your relationship with the internet at popsproductions.com. Uh, remember to follow me on twitter.com slash rockinradio. And also, I've got very cute clothing depicting the raw food lifestyle at cafepress.com slash revelations. Remember, revelations is always with two V's and two L's. My guest today is author of The Live Food Factor, Susan Schenk, and we've been having a really fun discussion on various parts of her book, and right now, I'd like let's talk about some raw food leaders. Uh, you mentioned Elizabeth Baker. Not too many people know her, but she was a very, very, very first raw food author I saw about oh my god, maybe twenty years ago. Yeah, she died um, in her nineties, right when in the middle of my book. <laughs> oh, she did. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> And she she was like so far beyond everybody. I mean, I I, I didn't even know what she was talking about. Mm-hmm. And she was working right right up until she died. She was taking consultations. I saw her, and she was very very you know energetic and healthy. So that's the potential that we have. You know, even if we don't live to be 140 or whatever, we can be healthy until we right up until we die. Yeah, it makes no sense to be to die sick. I know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people would live longer, too, if they had started raw earlier, although that's not necessarily the, the case, because one of the studies in my book has, um, did you read the one about the three rat studies? Can I talk, briefly Go ahead, talk, talk about, about that? Yeah. Um, one group of, of rats were placed on a SAD diet, standard American diet, makes you sad, and um, when they reached the equivalent of 80 years in human life, I think it's like one month to one year or something like that with mice. Um, they were euthanized and dissected, and they were found to be, you know, just really disease-ridden, and it was awful. And they, those guys, those rats were, they had to be separated. They were so violent with each other, they had to be put in, you know, separated and everything. Uh, another group was given the raw food diet, and then they were, they were very healthy, playful, energetic, right up till the time when they reached the equivalent of 80 years, at which point they were euthanized and dissected and found to be very, very healthy. Now, the third group is where it gets interesting. They were given the SAD diet till the equivalent of 40 years, at which point they were fasted on water, because fasting is a really fast way to detox. And then they were given the raw food diet. Now, when they were uh, the equivalent of 80 years, they were euthanized and... Uh, dissected, and they were found to be just as healthy as the group that was always raw. So that shows how forgiving the body can be, especially if you fast, fast and, you know, really get, really make an effort to get rid of those toxins that we, that we have, not just from the cooked foods, but all the drugs, vaccinations, mercury in the teeth and fluoride in the water and all that. So if you do periodic cleansing as well as a raw food diet, you actually can uh, make up for the decadent first half of your life. Wow. That's very cool. Yeah. Okay. And you talk in here about uh, raising 
live food children. Do you have children yourself? No, I don't. So I wasn't really qualified to write that chapter, and I had um, Dr. Vetrano and her daughter wrote it because both of them have raised uh, a raw food child. Mm-hmm. And what were the results? Did the, I mean, did, her, did they have... Were they raw while pregnant, or did they switch during? Did, did no, no, they remember? were raw, raw vegans during pregnancy and everything. Yeah, they were, um, yeah, 100% raw. Dr. Vitrano went raw, I think, when she was only like 17 or 18 or something. Wow. And I have a picture of in my book of her. She's 81, a very trim figure, looks like a high school student, and she's um, doing ballet and, you know, uh, She's, I've got pictures of her climbing a tree <laughs> at the age of 81 when most people would be so afraid of falling and breaking their bones. That's right. I saw that picture. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and th- that's a good thing because one of the questions that many people say is, where are the long-living or the long-lived uh-huh. uh, raw foodists? And nobody really knows about her. She's not very well known in the community. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so yeah. I'm glad you brought that up for her. Uh, do, do you remember what they said, if they said anything about the... Uh, labor that each of them had? Uh, I don't know if that's, I don't think that's in the book, but there are a lot of reports of women who go raw and then later on they, you know, they've been raw for a while and their tissues are rebuilt with the really great raw food building blocks. And when they have, when they go through labor, they don't experience the pain and it's very fast, often less than an hour. And uh, the theory is that, well, one of my friends says that uh, your materials are more stretchy <laughs> on a raw materials. <laughs> yeah, your body, your body is more stretchy. Yeah, <laughs> you more, know, and it's it, more resilient too. Yeah, and and I've noticed too that as a raw foodist, I can do yoga so much better. I mean, I'm just so much more flexible, so much more stretchy. Yeah, and I'm much, I, I recover faster. I, I tend to lift uh, fairly heavy as far as club bells, iron clubs, and mm-hmm. things like that. And it used to take me sometimes four days to recover because Ooh. I'd be so sore. And now I might be sore the night of, and the next day I'm ready to train again because I recover so much faster. Yeah, yeah. And I've got a photo uh, in my book of my husband, who also was a bodybuilder. He, um, he hasn't been doing it the last year or so, but um, he was able to lift more weights on the raw food diet than he ever could, eating meat and whey protein and all these, you know, all mm-hmm. these supplements that the bodybuilders take. And what's interesting is he, he did get um, an injury because he over, like he way overdid it, mm-hmm. and then he got an injury, and the doctor said he had a hemorrhage discs and, and, you know, you need surgery and this whole thing. And guess what? He didn't do the surgery. He just rested because rest is also important when you have an injury, not just raw food. Just rested and ate the raw food and, you know, didn't, he just rested and just to get rid of the pain, you know, he didn't even expect to have a complete healing. Well, he went back for an MRI and they said it was completely healed. They were blown away. They'd never seen anything like that. Yeah, so, so raw food. Yeah, raw foods can help you with, uh, with injuries too, not just, uh, we're not talking just disease but you can actually avoid surgery. Yeah, and you can definitely do a lot of healing. I, I came down the hill the other day um, a few weeks ago, and I twisted my ankle as I was running down a 2.7-mile hill. And um, 
Within an hour after I got home, I was in such intense pain. My husband had to carry me to the restroom, and and I couldn't put any weight on it. I I couldn't even put a blanket on it to keep it warm. It was so intensely painful. Next day, I was walking on it. Wow. Blew him away. I walked into the bedroom. He goes, you're walking. Uh, I'm like, you know, I mean, we, we can heal fast, but a lot of it, it's not just food, though, is it? You know, you've got you've to get rest and, you know, sunshine and have positive thoughts. In, in the book, I have the 10 energy answers written by Victoria Bid, Bidwell, and it talks about the other nine factors of health. I do believe that the diet is the most important thing, but there are other factors, too. How we think is really critical, too. Yeah, how we think, and also getting out and moving. I think I think food, Exercise, food, yeah. movement, rest, and mental stuff. I think those mm-hmm. are your four basic foundational things. Mm-hmm. And whatever else happens. Now, you mentioned essential fatty acids. Very often, we only have a couple minutes here. Um, doctors, nutritionists, they talk about fish oil. What do you say? What what can we use instead? Well, um, if you're a vegan and you don't want to take any fish oil. Um, you could take a lot of walnuts, which are rich in omega-3. I would use flax seeds in moderation because they do have a toxic, which, which is bad for the thyroid. Um, no. Louise Gittleman says just take two tablespoons a day. I heard chia seeds can replace those without Oh, the, yeah, absolutely. The... Chia seeds are very expensive, unfortunately. They're like, what, twelve ninety nine a pound? We need, to, we need to change that by creating more demand. I don't believe I paid that much. I hope not. <laughs> I got to go look now that you mention it because I've got I've got a, a five pound bag here and I I'm pretty sure I didn't spend that kind of money on it. So we got to find out where that is and and how to get it way less expensive. I yeah. think it was natural zing. I think is where I got it, but I'm not sure. I'd have to mm-hmm. check it. But <clears throat> but yeah, there are there are. Um, I mean, we can get all our nutrients through live and living foods, raw foods. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, thank you so much. Thank you. Great book. I'm so glad you wrote it, and, and I appreciate um, having it here so that I can plow through it whenever I have time and um, share with people who are skeptics. Oh, thank you, Revel. It's been such a pleasure to be on the show. You're very welcome. Hold on. Oh, you forgot to tell them where to, where to get the special. I'm going to tell them right oh, now. Okay. <laughs> okay, you want to go to rockinradio.com. That's R-A-W-K-I-N radio.com. I know many of you listen to this show from... Um, iTunes, but go to the, go to the website. There's a link where you can receive a whole bunch of bonuses plus five dollars off Susan's book, The Life Food Factor. If you'd like to see a breakdown of all that's in it, go to my blog, Revelations.com/weekly, and I've I did a uh, full thing on it, a full. Um, review on it it tells you all the things that are in it i mean it's an amazing book and there's 80 there's going to be 82 bonuses right now there's 81 but a lot of them are raw food recipe books angela elliott the author of alive and five is going to be contributing three recipe books wow Mm -hmm. okay well i gotta talk to angela because i've got her coming up on um let's talk raw pretty soon (laughs) so (laughs) i gotta get my share here all righty so remember go to rockinradio.com or go to my website my blog revelations.com slash weekly and pick up all your bonuses and get your five dollars off you know what at 29.95 this is a great deal it's worth three to five of any book you currently have on your shelf. Oh, there's a $5 off coupon, the gift bonus gift number one. So it's only twenty four ninety five. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so at, at the regular price, it's worth the regular price. But as Susan just said, get the $5 off coupon. All right. So thank you all for listening. We'll be back soon with another episode of Rockin' Radio. If you'd like to advertise on or sponsor this program, please contact uh, contact me at spillyourbeans at rockinradio.com. My engineer is Bo Astrup. I'm Revel Revity saying, remember to revel in life and always play with your food. Bye for now.